Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Ify Market Podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Tim Partasevich, that's my best California pronunciation, of Juggle about uh, building a brand from scratch. Tim leads the marketing and growth teams at Juggle, and uh, he has a startup growth mindset, loving that. And he's a uh, huge fan of uh, flexible remote work. I feel like we're connecting already on this now. Uh, networking events and Chinese food. I'm wondering if you could mix all those together somehow. Tim, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So building a brand from scratch sounds a lot like a, uh, I mean, you have a startup uh, mind mindset, I think. Um, sounds like what you need for a startup obviously you're working from scratch but i guess the first that's not for the like big enterprises and everything they have it all figured out and they have it like a little bit different because Mm. usually when you start with a like a company a startup anything you don't have that much of a money to spend and just throw around for visibility right Right. You well, also, you might get a mid-sized to... company that says, hey, we need to build our brand. We haven't focused on this at all. That's a different situation yeah, yeah. all of a sudden. But so question though, is this, when you say you're looking at it like a startup and you want to build a brand from scratch, is this kind of any type of company or is this more of um, brand-based companies, I guess you'd say, like like Dollar Shave they, Club or something like, where a lot of the company is I, kind of the branding? I think like the same rules apply. Hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what your company does. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You can be in real estate industry, tech industry. I don't know, like, like f- food and groceries. Doesn't matter. Like the basic concept uh, is the same. It's very weird how like the marketing is treated as like this black box that nobody outside of it knows how to do it. But actually like people have been doing it for eons and ages and ages before us. And people just don't realize that, like, you can take a page from, for example, Hollywood. That's all marketing. That's all what it is. Uh, I think, like, if you want to become good at marketing and building a brand, that's what you got to do. Like, look at how Hollywood does it, how, like, stories progress throughout the time. And I'm not speaking here about, like, the visual stuff. Uh, That's a completely different topic. I'm talking about, like, the basic concept and getting your story out. Because story is... uh, I would say universal conduct can do it between people. That's how we usually consume and retain information. Everyone remembers when they were studying, like listening to like a lecture for two hours is very, very difficult. But when you're sitting in, in a TV theater and you're watching a movie, suddenly it's very easy. Yeah. Some, you're like, give me more difference? at the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's very enjoyable. So what's the difference? The difference is like Hollywood people just know how to market everything hmm. and that's, that's very what interesting you as as a brand you want to tell a story hmm. i got a a survey from my kids school uh just yesterday and there were only a couple questions on it and it's about uh, these field trips they want to do for art uh and uh, multicultural learning and stuff like that and the last question they asked um was around i think i think it was about like how how we think this stuff should be taught or presented or 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 whatnot and my only thought on it was uh look if you want them to go somewhere and learn something about another culture or about a specific you know if you're going to go to mount rushmore um that's great but 
the kids are going to be bored. And the only thing they remember is the bus ride and uh, whether they had fun or not on it, unless you make it fun somehow. And yeah. so my, my thing was just, I don't care how you present it to them or what you present, just yeah. make it fun. Cause if it's fun, yeah, they're going to want to absorb more. They're going to remember it exciting. Yeah. But you could tell the same story, super boring. Like you could probably tell the story of Braveheart and put everybody to sleep in the first 10 minutes. Oh yeah. Or you can have, you know, the theatrical presentation where well, you're like, wow, this is cool. Like Mel Gibson did it like correct. Like in Hollywood, like they know how to do the story. Mm. And like, I don't know, like everyone had this teacher, at least one teacher in school where you really loved the lesson because the teacher made it interesting. He or she made it exciting. And usually, I don't know, maybe not for all, it's a history teacher. That was the history first thing I was thinking. So. Actually. <laughs> yeah, history doesn't have to suck, though. It's like this day yeah. and this happened this day. And then you hear some later in life, I would hear some cool little story about something that happened around the building of the Great Wall or whatever. And I'd be like, why the hell wasn't it told to me that way? I would have loved yeah. history. Because like maybe you know, but the entire premise and the of the show Game of Thrones is based actually on like historical events in England. It's the War of the Roses, what it was based on. So you can tell the story like in a textbook, very raw, very boring, and nobody remembers anything. Or you can make a Game of Thrones and everyone remembers every character. I still remember like the names of the characters, although yeah. I didn't like the last couple of seasons. But the so is that time. a big, you're talking about building brand from scratch. It's about telling a story in a way that isn't boring. Like yeah, don't, it, it, it's don't be boring. Exciting <laughs> and relatable i think that's one of the things that is also missing the first mistake i think that many brands and companies when they start like developing uh the concept of what they do what they are how like the slogans and everything they want to put themselves as main hero and tell about themselves uh, have you been like on a date or with the person who never shuts up about himself or herself yeah it's unbearable. I, I did that uh, <laughs> i apologize <laughs> to my wife publicly here well, it day. worked out. <laughs> I guess, but was yeah, able to overcome it. But it's not a good business plan. Yes. Yeah, it's not a good business plan. So the first thing that you should do is uh, try to build a story where your customer is actually a main hero. And excellent. Usually, usually the typical stories like we we can talk with, I guess couple examples that everyone knows like star wars or gear or for example lord of the rings everyone knows about them and the entire premise of multiple like for of those stories is usually there is an unlikely hero in lord of the rings it's uh frodo baggins in star wars it's luke skywalker those are very unlikely individuals that just want to go on adventure they're missing something and that's how you should envision your customer because in your mind, your customer is incomplete without your product. Interesting. So in those stories, the person watching it isn't made the character, but, yeah, but the unlikely usually... hero is more like them. So it's somebody that they can relate with. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you usually, like, if you, the most underdeveloped character in the beginning of the story is the hero, is the protagonist. Because they are kind of like a clean slate. In the beginning, they have like a longing for the journey, maybe some issues, maybe some problems, uh, but they're not the developed character. If you look at the Star Wars, who are the, who are the characters at the end of the journey who are like complete personalities? It's Ben Kenobi, it's Darth Vader, uh, Han Solo. They already have like colorful personalities. And to be honest, Luke Skywalker is the most boring character in the beginning. 
He's the most interesting by the very end, not in the beginning. So right. when you're building a story at the beginning, the most boring person is your customer. <laughs> Don't tell him about that straightforward, but that's how you envision it. And usually you should speak to their pains. That's where it kind of goes from the Hollywood to the business world. What you're trying to do is solve their challenge. And they're, and again, it actually happens and it has a parallel in stories too. There are three types of challenges that you can address. They are real challenges. For example, uh, in Lord of the Rings, there's, like, there, there's an evil breed, for example. There's something real in the world. In the business, it can be operational inefficiency, uh, lack of budgeting, like not enough time to do something. So something very, very real, something tangible. Then there is a second, more important is the internal struggle of the character, how your customer feels about it. And if you can address that one after addressing the first one, that's where you get their attention. That's where usually the relatability comes into play. Because so you, you basically what you tell them, I understand you, I understand your pain, and I understand how it makes you feel. That's what actually shrinks do. Hmm. So you're basically saying like, I hear you, customer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually like what human people but shrinks are just like i hear you a business is going to say i hear you and i can solve that problem here's the yeah, problem. i hear you i understand you and i can solve it and there's a third type of problem which is usually a philosophical one uh it's usually made into a business statement like we believe in a brighter future so what you want to do is start with the character so blank slate somebody who can be very relatable, understand their real struggles, what they're liking. How does when you make... say that in branding though, is that like a mascot? Start with a character? What do you mean? Yeah, or is yeah, this yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Usually we're like in branding, we call it a persona. So mm -hmm. so you you print out a persona, you fill it out, like what are their real challenges, what their internal struggles, and how do, do they want how do they want to see the world in the future? Mm -hmm if they were to solve those issues. And this becomes a philosophical statement of your brand. So it seems like there's team. two sides to the story. When Because people say all the time, oh, you got to tell a story to your customers. You got to, like, what do you mean tell a story? Are we doing, are we going to do like some cartoon frames here? And you actually tell, it's, like, how is this, is this story the saying, story here's is, our origin story? Um, it's mostly like in a landing page or in a book, in a presentation, it all works kind of the same way. The first thing you want to do is get a good frame of the character, show them where they are right now and hmm. with their struggles. So it's more difficult in a business to illustrate it in a business sense on a landing page. It takes a bit of finesse, but imagine like almost speaking through the landing page directly to the customer. Right. It's like saying like, here's the problems of your business. I understand them. So this like kind of intro of a character. So if you do. were doing email marketing, let's say, it might be easier that way because you actually have these chunks you can push out to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might first, knowing who they are ahead of time, say, hey, we work with companies like you, this type of industry, this type of job, this type of whatever that, that, that it is. That comes later. So that's, oh, okay. So that's not the character like saying, we know who you are kind of a thing. Um, setting the, um, setting a, the character? A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, so the... I find that addressing like personally, like the, the persona in without even mentioning your brand at the very mm -hmm. beginning is more effective. So uh, as an example, would it be then more something like coming at him with a line like, 
marketing agencies struggle with XYZ because they're a marketing yes, agency. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That, that, that would be much more more effective. Uh, maybe sometimes in a more positive way. For example, like if you look at the very successful brand like Apple, uh, Apple never sold the iPhone in the beginning because it was most advanced phone or anything. Apple actually thought like a very, very clever way to present everything in one simple sentence. Like I, I guess like it was Steve Jobs saying something that like uh, Apple is the like the choice of the artist, something mm-hmm. along the line. It's it was made for the artist, and everybody wants to see themselves as an artist. Everybody thinks they're an artistic person, so that's the form for me. So you kind of find like this uh, touch point that they can relate and address it directly. Okay, um, so the story is not. I'm still trying to grasp this story because again, I hear it a lot. And if you're going to put together a story as a marketer, it's not like you're actually telling some sort of story. You have elements that are, that relate to a story kind of in your progression with them. It's a, it's a story. It's just like a story beat. You map it out. I usually do it as I map it out as a simple story, a circle usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And from, from where the, customer is right now to where they want to go and after everything is done depending on what exactly you're trying to do with marketing materials whether you would like to build a presentation landing page uh, a speech different rules might apply how you would go but understanding those things is about building a brand because branding comes in all shapes and sizes before you start going with the logo, you need to understand your clients and how you solve their problems. Before you go into landing page, like kind of like this internal story that you do, it's more for yourself. Because after you have it in front of you, then writing the copy for the landing page becomes so much easier because you mm. want to know, okay, I need to address the problem. I look at the problems. How does that make them feel? Address the feelings and then go into our solution. So you may be... Is the story yeah, aspect yeah. so that it's easy for it to flow? It's basically yeah, like, yeah. hey, they've designed this. So I, that, I was wondering that. Is this a story it, it, you're presenting to them? It, right. It, it, no, no, it's a story a that helps field. you yes. decide how am I going to throw all this information at them? Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a framework for you. Uh, same rules apply, for example, in sales and sales presentation, mm-hmm. because usually uh, salespeople know very well how to present, starting from they always go for the challenges that business faces and challenges that they solve. Then they go into features and then they go into business benefits. Hmm. So they kind of do the very same. They address the problems. They give like little bits and pieces of real tangible stuff, like features of their product. And then they go into business benefits, how it will affect you and how would you feel at the very Hmm. end. And a bad salesperson might just try to jump straight to the end and be like, just throw the ring in the volcano, just magically throw it in there. Boom, we're over and you say, no, it doesn't. That's not a good story. <laughs> yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's watching on video, but Kat just jumped straight <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have the, a cat. the camera. <laughs> She's running around right now. <laughs> She's uh, wants to be part of the part of the show. Okay. So the story is both something that faces the customer to an extent because you're mm-hmm. putting content in front of them. I have to get my mind frame away from uh, marketing for lead gen purposes and into after remind remember remind myself (laughs) this is about branding this is not a sales funnel story or something like that this is about story for the purpose of branding so things like website copy 
Yes. Um, those kind of things. Maybe the general messaging you end up putting out in your marketing, but it's And all... I would say a very important thing is cohesion. You want to build the framework for the entire business marketing sales cohesion because you don't want to like in, for example, email marketing say one thing that then conflicts or doesn't flow naturally to the website. So you want to make everything seems cohesive as part of the same infrastructure and as we say, part of the same brand. You usually look okay. at one thing and the other thing from one brand and you kind of know. You look at the uh, iPad and iPhone, you can tell that they're made by the same brand. So you have all this information and you're basically saying we need to put this into a logical flow mm-hmm. and story is the easiest way to not bore the crap out of people by presenting and not to it. not bore crap out of yourself. And, and out of yourself, but also not to cause confusion if you're going, I mean... Yeah, and, and it's understandable to all hmm. because... After like you present all the challenges and you present a philosophical problem that you would like to solve, then you usually go into the next step, which is about you as a brand. Because in every story, an unlikely hero usually meets a mentor. And that's um. how you should present yourself, not as a solution, not, not as a magic sword that will solve all the problems. You are the mentor. You should be presented as a mentor, as Gandalf, as Ben Kenobi, if we right, hold right. examples. So that's how, what you should do. And what mentor does is mentor tells them that they have uh, empathy, they understand the problem, and they have authority. And that's where comes what you said. We worked with the companies like you in the future. I have, for example, why it's usually the old men, because old men usually associated with wisdom and experience and you should present it somehow whether it's through copy through testimonials that's where you start presenting yourself you, you start going listen i've done that before you're not the first one i know the ropes right. i know how to do it and i can help you do it it's the but, training you are yoda yes. and you're yes, turning yes yes exactly them you're, into you're the, the uh, hero ne- and never tell them that you will solve their problems for them hmm. nobody yeah, he's acting out. Never tell them that you will sell, solve their problem. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that that you you just sell solve the problem and that's it. Uh, that's not not just the reality of business. Always tell them that you will help them solve their problems, and that's it. Because and again, if somebody tells you like, for example, yeah, I'm gonna solve something for you that you don't want to do you might say okay that that's actually good but we all know if you do it yourself and there's something challenge that was challenging before after solving a challenge you feel good and we all strive right right if obi-wan kenobi or gandalf had just gone and taken care of himself and people watching the story are like why didn't they just do it themselves like it seems like it should be pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. easy they're way more experienced they're way better at this why not just go and do it yourself like well that doesn't make an interesting story that book yeah, never yeah, got written because it was it. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he's already like uh, not not to say that like they're past the primes they, their role is different and your role as a brand is to Introduce yourself as a figure of empathy who understands them and a figure of authority who has the experience necessary to guide them. Hmm. The next thing that usually the guy does is calls them to action, calls them to adventure and gives them a plan. And that's very important. You should clearly illustrate to your customer what steps they need to take. So you were laying stuff out here. You had character. You're like, first thing is developing the character. Yeah. Where where are we at now with this? You have the character, then you have the... um... Um, the guide or the mentor is that the second step is presenting yeah, yeah, the, yourself as you, a mentor? Usually, 
usually the first step is to identify the client and build up their issues, like three steps, the real external problems, the internal struggle, the philosophical issue. And then as you present everything, along comes the guide, along comes- so Just you. like a movie, you have your character development. Yes. Yeah. And then you introduce the uh, the guide and the uh, problem, and the guide, I guess. And the guide lays out a plan. Mm-hmm. Basically, I understand you, I understand the problems, everything that's listed, and I know how you can solve it. And calls them a, uh, and gives them a plan. In uh, Star Wars, it's blow up the Death Star. In Lord of the Rings, it get the ring and throw it into Mount Doom. Right, right. And then the you plan. have adventure along the way. Yeah, I guess that's the sales adventure along the way. <laughs> uh, in business, what you want to do is clearly lay out the steps that the customer will go through while working with you. So mm-hmm. that's how kind of you want to do. It's like the timeline. So you don't just go book call and that's it. Uh, you should do a call to action, yeah. obviously, but explain to them what will happen. Like they will book a call, they'll have a workshop, you negotiate something, you'll... Uh, I know do an audit or anything depending on your services, and then you go into working together. How how it gonna play out? Just it's really it interesting now. I'm wondering movie. if I go back and watch some of these classic movies with the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. At what point in the movie do you kind of know the what the journey is gonna be? Is it? It seems like yeah, they must have kind of because you yeah. get movies who are very unorthodox for the hero's journey. Something like the movie mm-hmm. Memento. Where the whole thing happens backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the memento is not the classical archetypical story. Never build your brand on that style of story no, because no, people no. will be confused as hell unless they enjoy that. Um, <laughs> it's a very niche. The novelty say, of yeah. it, yeah. That is not the type of storyboarding you should do for your brand. Is is, is memento stick with the classics, hero's journey. Um, but now when I watch a movie, I'm going to have to be looking for like, okay, am I seeing them? Like is Gandalf saying, here's what you're gonna do. You gotta go this and you gotta get your friends well, and you gotta actually, build your team Lord and then you're gonna Rings, go adventure they, and then you're gonna Yeah, in Lord of the Rings they say verbatim that uh, okay, here's the plan. They have a kind of like a council right. with the elves where Elrond literally says, Okay, we need to take the ring to Mount Doom because we can't destroy it any other way and throw it. So we need to gather a team and you go mm-hmm. as a team and do the thing. And that's pretty much it. They literally laid out the plan. Right, they give you the bullet points. Here's what's here's yeah. the chapters in this book coming up. Yeah. Um, that that's that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to pay a lot more attention to that now. And I have it, noticed certain for movements. you as a viewer, hmm. it gives you a clear understanding of what needs to be accomplished. What's a, what are the stakes? And they usually explain the stake. That's that would be the next step that uh, that we can talk about. Is it's very important to lay out the stakes. What what on the line here? what we're trying to achieve and what are we trying to avoid two very and in stories they usually present two opposites like you're mm-hmm. not only running towards something good a better tomorrow but you're also running away from like despotical tyrant uh, like evil empire evil lord sauron so they're usually good ending and a bad ending and you kind of know that if sauron gets the ring that's game over for everyone so you need to lay out the stakes. So what are the stakes in your business, in your brand, for your customer? Not only the good ones the, that you can like increase their revenue, cut down their cost, mitigate their risks. Those are usually the, the big ones in the business, those three. But also, what are you trying to avoid? Right. And I think that would that's probably you... be the actual 
motivating factor frequently. I mean, in Star Wars, they weren't like, hey, we got this this Empire thing and Darth Vader's getting kind of out of hand. We should do something. Um, Let's go like think it over for a couple of years and come come back and see where things are at. They're like, we got to go now and do this now. They start blowing up planets. They they literally like you allow it to go on. And you should in business. I usually ask when I did like sales calls and everything, you want to ask like, your main competitors and people usually go okay my main competitor is this company is this company there in the market with me i competing with like no everyone has the same absolutely the same main competitor it's do nothing incorporated because i'm pretty (laughs) sure you've lost more clients to their just inaction than to other potential customers or not customers competitors right which is in all of these stories if the hero just just went away to meditate for a decade um it would be a big loss <laughs> yeah it will be a bad ending you want to avoid it and you want to present those stakes think and that's where internal struggles that we've discussed uh are really good one because sometimes it's very hard to grasp at what actually can happen because you don't want to be a doomsayer and say that without you you're going to lose money and continue losing money you don't know that to be honest maybe they can solve everything on their own maybe they will go to your competitor and solve it so you you, you don't want to be like a doomsayer that just says like right. yeah you'll be losing money like come with me if you want to live uh, like <laughs> references <laughs> stuff like that but the internal problems that you've laid down how they feel and you can bet pretty safely i would say that if you would target those points on the internal struggles and that if they do nothing, that will not be solved. Right. Doing nothing is not a uh, is not an option really in any yeah. hero's journey. Yeah. I can't think and of any where they just <laughs> make an appearance in your story, in your brand, that doing nothing is also mm-hmm. will lead to the bad end. And maybe the Bible. I think in the middle of the Bible they took 40 years doing nothing. <laughs> wandering the day. I'm sure there's a lot of adventure in there too, actually, but <laughs> that would be the most boring part of the story. It's either just like 40 years later, wandering, mm-hmm. on. <laughs> you do a jump cut in that part of the story. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that would be a jump cut. Yeah, 40 <laughs> years later. And suddenly the, there's another guy actually leading them mm-hmm. because Moses never reached the promised land. <laughs> um, okay, so we've covered, I think, a lot of the steps in how the story what it means, how it works. Um, is there, we kind of, we kind of got to the, uh, what are the stakes part? Yeah. Okay. And you're playing that stakes out. Usually this is lead very easily into like, as, as I would say, a bad ending and a good ending. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of lead into the good ending. After all. So you're talking about a story for brand, but it keeps sounding like it's a sales funnel, almost the story. Because you it really is, are, the brand like, is funnel. I, I would say that the sales funnel also operates that way. It's, that's like, you, you know, like a, a book by Joseph Campbell, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. I mean, mm-hmm. like since the beginning of, of mankind, we've been telling the same story over and over. And we've been using it in sales and marketing pretty much in every aspect of our life. And that's somehow so relatable. That's why I think that you can see those patterns emerge in so many different industries. In marketing, in sales funnel, you kind of try and again, as a sales funnel, you try to build kind of like a story, how to push them along the way to the good end. It's pretty much say 
So when you're talking about the story for building a brand, I was thinking of like a brand archetype and reinforcing that brand archetype and stuff. But this seems more of a um, of a brand of consistent messaging, kind of. The story makes the messaging consistent that builds the brand through your regular everyday activities. So we're not really some people might listen and be like, hey, but where's the brand building part? Where are we going to talk about PR and where are we going to talk about this and that? This is well, more you, of an underlying. You cannot do effective, oh, I would say cohesive PR without it. It's like the right. first step. It's like you, you should cover your fu- fundamentals. If you don't have like a storyboard or anything, uh, if you cannot answer all of the questions, like what, who are your like hero? What are their like internal, external problems? What is the philosophical problem you're trying to solve? What are the stakes? What's your authority as a guide? If you cannot answer all of those questions, like forget about like PR and everything. You'll not go very far. You might, you actually, you might, but it will be much more difficult, I would say. So, yeah, interesting. So this is more of a storyboard. You use that word. You're creating the storyboard that all the aspects of marketing. So it sounds like a sales funnel, marketing funnel almost. It sounds like because you're creating the flow that you can apply to all of your marketing. So you have consistent brand. So it's not so much about how can I amplify my brand but how can i make sure it's consistent so that it sticks yeah and what flows from it is usually the messaging because when you start like when you clearly understanding all of those aspects now you can craft the messaging how you craft Mm -hmm. the messaging is like by taking the problems by taking stakes solutions and trying to workshop like a good one-liners for example right makes it a lot easier to come up with the dialogue when you already have the storyboard written out and you can kind and of you can just... use it in so many different ways because you can pass it down to sales team. They will use it. Right. It's not only for marketing. It's for the sales, for the PR, for everything. Interesting. If you, if you would just look at the story brand, then suddenly everything else becomes so much easier because if you want to write like landing page, your main page, that's how the story should flow. First introduce hmm. the character, introduce the problems, introduce yourself give them stakes, understanding everything, flow into good ending, call to action, lay out the plan, everything. And you can see screen by screen, literally, you can see the first screen is usually the title cut. Then you go into your character, their problems. Then they meet a guide. You present the authority, give them a plan, lay out the stakes, and cut to the end. Nice. So, okay. It's a, it's a structure that helps with all the sales and marketing, consistent storytelling, consistent branding. I I think that's the, what brand should do. It's what ties everything together at the very end. Excellent. So what kind of uh, one of the, so I I had a question set up ahead of time. I don't even know if this applies anymore uh, about the the amount of budget needed for this type, but this seems like it's like asking a writer how much budget they need to write a (laughs) script. Like this part doesn't take budget. This isn't, again, this isn't PR. This isn't buying media and ads. This you're talking about the, the storyboarding behind all that stuff. It usually what it costs is time Hmm. more more than anything, because usually you will go through like any writer, the first draft, second draft, revisiting, revising everything. You'll not, nail it down at first try you just need to try it and any writer will tell you just write it first draft you'll figure out afterwards also Uh, if you're not a writer you might need to hire one you might somebody to punch up your script at least yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) i i think that 
as founders, I mean, like founders, I think are the best suited for everything. So in your founding team, you should uh, meet and workshop and just throw the, those ideas and then give it to copywriter, somebody who need, can tidy it up, edit everything and make it more presentable, let's just say. And after you've done the storyboard, then you can actually move into a more tangible branding, like go to, into design, like talk to the design guys, discuss with them how the branding should feel, how right. it should talk, how it should speak visually now. The branding uh, versus so, brand. Yeah. And and then you, you go into a whole different, but I think the actual like branding and building a story for your brand is the very first step that you should take. And if you're listening and you want to take my word for it, just it's never too late to just go back and play everything up. Uh, you can just, re you can always reboot it. People go back and get crappy old movies, and they'll uh, take them and redo them. And you're like, "Wow, it's yeah. amazing! How come?" Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can revamp your web website, change up the like now changing up the content on, on the website is very easy. It's like you go into CMS and change change it up. So it's it's pretty much the same. Just go back, draft a storyboard for yourself, workshop it with your founders, and tidy it up. Do go through several drafts see what sticks, talk to like people outside uh, of the company because that, that's another really good advice, I think. Always, when you're drafting something like this, a story, it's so easy to get caught up in your own kind of ideas and everything and think that mm -hmm. you're the next Spielberg. I don't know. Just go out and show this to a normal, regular person who has nothing to do with your business, nothing to do with your industry, show them the story layout and ask if they understand. Interesting. So chances are you're not Spielberg. Your story is going to confuse the hell out of people. But if you get some input, you could, yeah. you know, you could make it serviceable at least. Yeah. Yeah. Just make me, <laughs> the story shouldn't wow them because that's right. not your goal as a marketer. Your <laughs> goal as a marketer is not to actually entertain. The entertainment is mm. the kind of the part that you want to introduce a little bit of excitement in entertainment to make them read. Your actual job is to, to convert them into the lead. That's like actually all you have to do. That's your job to create marketing qualified leads. And then they go into sales. And right. uh, So the brand yeah. does lead into the funnel kind of. You're just talking yeah, about like the umbrella. Into the funnel and then like the sales team usually. But if you're talking through the marketing perspective, you're not going for the most imaginative, like original story ever. You shouldn't like with special effects. It just needs to be good enough for them to understand the stakes and contact you and do the call to action, whatever it is, buy your product, contact you, book a call, anything like that. That's your job. Remember, hmm. not you're not writing Schindler's List. <laughs> no, no, it's no. It's not a literal story. This is no. a, uh, has the, yes. what, the characteristics of a yes, storyline. it has the characteristics. Kind of. Your job is still as a marketer to convert them into leads. Remember that. So, uh, use call to actions appropriately in the story. Like when you, especially when you give them a plan, make it as realistic as possible. Don't go overboard. Make it believable. But I'm going to challenge you, Tim. I'm going to challenge you. Not, not live right here, but um, for airing this episode, I would like you to produce the shortest fictitious brand story you can for us to put up along with this episode. So it can be a haiku. 
that uh, just tells the story, uh, the 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 brand story. It can be, you know, just a handful of bullet points on on messaging. However, this kind of thing be put together. I really want the listeners to be able to have something they can go and look at and say, oh, because this is all kind of ethereal. Um, mm. I'd like to see something on paper that that they can see and yeah, they can say, oh, that's what you, very well that's into what you a flow chart. Actually, mm-hmm. excellent. Can you put together something? Um, something make pretend for a make pretend company for us on that yeah, um, well let, let's make it interesting well what sort of company we're talking about let's make it a little bit more tangible uh, well we're in the b2b space so just a soft any software company okay. xyz yeah. software yeah xyz software that uh, <laughs> solves some challenge yeah solves xy make it easy for yourself but i just want something where the listeners can look at it and grasp help them grasp the concept more so i've seen certain concepts and when when people don't grasp them properly, like start with why, I feel like a lot of people misinterpreted the message there and it turns, it turns bad. It gets twisted on itself kind of, and, and it actually causes harm, I think, in marketing. So I think something like this, people could, could misinterpret it and end up creating stories that are either too literal or aren't, aren't quite what you mean. I want to make sure the message gets across to them. I think a visual would really help with that. Uh, yeah. Just a, a couple bullet points of make pretend visual, um, so they can see what the structure is. Pretty, pretty simple. It's a, I usually do it in a little flowchart. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a couple flowchart boxes connected to each other with just plain text, and that's it. So anyone can do that. You don't need any software, anything. I use, for example, Figma uh, to draft it. You can use pretty much anything. You can make it in what. In, the, in Microsoft Paint, for, for, for all I care, to be honest. That was going to be my next question. Any software that helps people, any tools that help people with this kind of uh, creating a brand story? Figma, think, you mentioned. Uh, Figma is a good choice. Uh, mirror boards uh, are also really good ones for that. Uh, Those are all storyboarding kind of flowcharts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just the flow, any, any sort of like flowchart. Because like to me, it's like I, my education is engineering. So I would like to make things as simple as possible as long as they work. So that means if it works, does don't touch it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so I make usually very simple. I'm not a visual guy. Uh, I have other people for that. Mm-hmm. My, one of my partners actually, he's he is into visual. He helped me building like a visual side of the brand, uh, while I'm on the conceptual side and the story side. Excellent. Um, so. I want to shift gears a little bit, jump over to you and your company and how this all came about, what you guys do specifically. Um, you're the co-founder at Juggle. So can you tell me kind of your story, where you came from, how you, you know, coming coming up and to becoming a co-founder of Juggle and then get, get into what Juggle does? Oh, yeah. You don't yeah, have to start at like elementary school, but whatever's no, relevant. No, 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 no. <laughs> so to make the story as short as possible. Uh, I used to work for a marketing agency and I was leaving. Uh, I announced it to all of uh, my clients because I was head of business development there. I was in charge of talking with clients, renegotiating like uh, the rates and everything. So I announced to everyone, okay, I'm leaving. The 24th of December, it was 2020, I guess. It was my last day. And one of my clients said, 
have you received an offer from anywhere else? I said, no, I'm just going on a prolonged vacation. Let's just say. Let's <laughs> wow, you must that. have really loved that place. <laughs> I, 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 I really, I really did actually, but uh, I kind of burnt out a little bit, so I just needed the time to rest. But did I you say really 2020. Enjoyed... Yeah. Okay, so, that coincides with other stuff going on in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it coincides with other stuff. <laughs> that, that's, to put it lightly. Uh, so, and but that one company told me, like, if you didn't receive any offer, give us a call when your prolonged vacation is over. So they made me an offer and kind of hand me out. So after that, I worked in a company called Smart IT for a couple of years as a chief marketing officer also there. And then the war starts uh, in Ukraine. Uh, I'm from Eastern European region. That's where uh, all of our founding team comes from, uh, originally from Belarus. So we kind of need to ev evacuate the entire company because the situation is a little bit unstable. You don't know what happens business-wise uh, with the sanctions and banks closing. So moving everything outside, uh, mm -hmm. deal is done secure the business, make sure that uh, all our people are getting paid and go fully remote at that point because everyone is spread out across different countries right now. And at that point in time, we experienced some difficulties with uh, managing remote work, but then we introduced uh, several new processes and suddenly everything started flowing really, really well for us and our clients. And we decided we need a tool to manage everything a little bit better because we are growing and not being able to introduce those processes company-wide hinders our growth. And this is the smart IT company. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we shopped around, didn't find anything that would suit us. And smart IT is a software development company. So we decided, what the heck, let's develop our own. Yeah. Well, let's see you do. You find it. If you can't find it, you buy it. If you can't buy it, you build it. Yeah, and we decided to build it uh, from scratch. It went through several iterations of um, what it should do, actually. Mm -hmm. What would be the functionality? What would be the, the main features, main modules? Uh, right now, uh, what Juggle is, uh, as we are releasing the software in October, Juggle is an HR ecosystem for recruiting, payroll, uh, performance management, and team administration. So encapsulating everything that you need as an executive, uh, financial officer, and HR manager from the moment that you're looking to hire a person to the moment that you want to fire them, basically. Or give them a rate so. for that matter. And it covers many things. The most important one, especially now in our remote first world is payments, because as I mentioned, most of the team is scattered around the world uh, in different countries during different jurisdictions different rules apply mm -hmm. for contractors and employees different taxes regulations managing everything uh just with accountants manually uh becomes very very cumbersome very quickly so the it financial seems super simple to say so what you're like what's the difference in running stuff remotely but then uh, you start getting into the nuts and bolts of each of these things yeah. and there's a lot of details there uh I, I I know that like you have different taxes tax codes in different states, for example, in the USA. So and different. Oh my gosh, health. We're looking at hiring oh, right health now. Insurance. Yeah, health, health insurance. Yeah, health insurance. We're different. offering yes, health insurance. 
Yeah. yeah. So imagine you have like 50 people across 50 states just for the, for the argument reason. And each of them needs to have like different coverage, different tax. Yeah. Uh, different for. health companies even operate in different states. Yeah. yeah. And um, like HR just told me yesterday, like when we're offering somebody something, you have to tell them we offer health insurance if and yeah, depending because... on the laws in their state. And I thought, wow. In the U.S., I thought it would be very easy because it's the United States, so everything's uniform and it doesn't matter what state they're in. Oh, it matters. I can only imagine internationally from country to country, everything from HR laws to finance and just getting people paid and all these different things. So basically, the platform manages all the crazy stuff. Simple thing as accounting becomes cumbersome because Mm. suddenly you don't need like just a simple Excel formula that you drag down and every everyone does the same for everyone. So that, that's how amount of taxes, that's amount of that, that, that's the gross salary, that's the net salary, and that's it. Just copy paste the cell. No, suddenly you need to do very, very different. So from country to country, sometimes from region to region in different countries, mm-hmm. you go in and rules change. Different rules, contracts change. Uh, how you can structure things. Uh, so it's yes. almost like every employee has their own custom situation now whereas in the past you tried to standardize but it's like oh sorry this person works in nebraska so you have to follow these rules and this pay structure and this it's yeah. uh it gets crazy and on the payroll side what juggle does is provide uh, our clients with ability to not care about those things <laughs> and that's a it's great simple. point for hr finance typically what they usually want is just to not have to deal with crap yeah, yeah that's it you should <laughs> You you simply you simply not care about those things. Can you please make my my life easier. That's we, the big we, selling we, point we for them. Everything from you, not not everything. Everything we take like different accounting uh, tasks from you, uh, different HR tasks uh, regarding like legalizations, contracts, uh, everything. For people in different countries, we take the need for you to open your own entity if you wanna hire somebody. We'll do that for you. We'll be. Uh, as what it's called as employer of record, where on paper we oh, right. an employer of a potential like, candidate or somebody who you want to hire, but they work for you, and you don't need to open like uh, a company here because in some places you're actually obligated by the law to have a, a representation here to hire somebody. Hmm. So you can have people working for you, but they're working. Uh contracted from another company kind of uh for you like temp workers that kind of stuff yes there's been a lot of that in the u.s just to avoid payroll taxes i think yeah. and a whole string of yeah, companies and, and that pay- were popping up just to do that <laughs> and obviously as we start getting into payroll we understood how everything revolves around documents so we also implemented document management for hr and everything and then uh there's started evolving we thought about adding also features for the hr such as performance management because when you're usually discussing for example a salary a raise a benefit based on what it's usually based on performance management that you start giving those things so they all kind of tie together very nicely yeah. and that's what juggle does it's, mm-hmm. it's an ecosystem for you to i would say run business remotely that's it right so what Great timing, uh, obviously. What yeah. size companies does this typically work for? I mean, are you talking about people with five employees and they're all remote, or is this more of a fifty-plus employee? What's Actually, what's the that that doesn't matter. So, if you wanna like just hire five people, you hmm. pay per like contractor or per employee per month. If you wanna hire fifty, again, 
you just multiply it by well, software. When, it, when you say what's si what size with software, it usually comes down to what's the cost because some software, the cost means you have to be this big for it to make sense. And some software, it's uh, no, no, you know, you're, you're like on seat. the payroll site, you're paying for per employee per month, right? So, and that's it. So it's very scalable in that sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very scalable. It doesn't matter. Like if you have like you need to hire one, two, three, five people or fifty people. So how did this transition work? You were I skipped over this part of this of your story here. Um, you're at Smart IT. You guys say, "Hey, let's build this software." Still there. And now, okay, I was gonna say, and now you're the co-founder so of the founding, that software. Like the the executive team of Smart IT is the founding team of Jungle. It's now an internal project. Oh, so yeah. it's like a um, subsidiary or something like that of, uh, of that company or some sort of relationship that's happy. You didn't grab yeah. them all and just run it's off a, into the woods? It's a relationship. Let, <laughs> okay. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> all right, I, I don't want to go into too much details because I don't know them. Uh, those yeah. uh, those details are for lawyers, not for me. Yeah, That's top secret stuff, but everybody's happy. Okay. Frequently, you see people that. and say, well, my company started because I did this job in another company. And then I just said... I'm going to start a company doing that and service this. But when you're developing software in a company, peeling that off is a little bit different than a, a service kind of um, interesting. So there's a relationship there. It seems kind of awesome. And you guys origin story in the uh, how you're able to make a software like that because it was developed internal. It's almost like Kaiser Permanente, the healthcare system here in the U S started out as um, a major company here during the war just had so many employees that it said, we we need to start our own health insurance for our employees. There's too many employees. Um, so they started internally and then eventually it turned into this thing. That's probably bigger than the original. I can't remember the original company was some type of weapons manufacturer for the war or something um, talking about world war two, but frequently things can, uh, you know, they can spin out like that once it's necessary and smart it, you guys needed this. So you developed it and then you're like, Hey, this is a whole company. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Originally, we thought it's just the tool for us and our clients. Hmm. Uh, that's what it started with. But then we thought, like, nah, there's something more than that. I want to congratulate you for having a company origin story that's not bullshit. Also, as a company that says the importance of building of you know the, building the brand through storytelling, uh, frequently one of the things people get wrong with that, I think they think storytelling, they're like, oh, what's the made up origin story that people should care about for why this company uh, exists? And usually origin stories aren't that sexy. They aren't that interesting. No, 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 and like, they're not, they're, they're really just, I saw an opportunity to make money. Um, but this is, you guys needed this problem solved. It's a real yeah, yeah, story. We, 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 we needed to solve the problem and we wanted to make money. Like, oh, and then you said, hey, wait, this is a problem. Yeah. We can do this a lot better if we sell it to other people also. And there's oh, a yeah, whole business yeah, that, that, That's what it was. That's why like, the release got postponed for so long. It was like, we decided, no, 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 let's make it a product for, for yeah. mass fruits or other people. Like that, That's much better. Uh, yeah, that's how it actually started. Sometimes, it's, yeah, the origin story are not that exciting. But again, coming to the original premise of the character, usually like the main character is the most unexciting person at the very beginning and then mm. progresses in something that is very interesting. So but it's the, not a, a lot of companies want to make them super awesome to start with. They want to like create yeah, fast like and the furious or something where they, this character has this huge story already oh. and they're already the greatest person in the universe. Um, so do you have a time frame for when you plan to have juggle become bigger and more successful 
than smart IT. When is it going to take over? Uh, the uh, when is the student going to become the master here? Uh, it, it depends on. You uh, could say that quietly. Uh, you don't want them to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let's say it will be. <laughs> I get you. I get you. <laughs> awesome. Um. All right. So, building a brand from scratch. It seems that this topic turned just completely into um storytelling to build a brand creating a storytelling structure that helps you have brand cohesion kind of i guess i mean brand is saying the same thing over and over in the same way rather than just being schizophrenic that's a really terrible brand is schizophrenic um so building a brand from scratch it seems like we're saying here is just more about having a a solid story so that you're consistent with your brand and then it builds yeah. With everything else you do. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, that, that's how it, usually that's how it starts. It starts with like mm. building a very, very cohesive story and cohesive narrative that you can apply to every facet of your business. And then, and another like very good thing, uh, as you workshop it, and just, just a piece of advice when you workshop it around in your company with founders and, and marketing team, uh, just pass it also around to, potential like workers uh, and employees and make sure they memorize the main bullet points because you want them to be representatives. And so an interesting, unfair, and maybe unethical way of getting feedback on something like this is to uh, make it part of the interview process oh, yeah, for potential hires. Memory. And yeah. then you get a whole ton of free feedback from people and you maybe you end up hiring one of them. Um, but you got the uh, work from all of them on uh, uh, sucking some ideas out of them. Um, like I said, potentially unethical, but it might maybe not. Who knows? Um, okay. Was it, uh, was it Ford who said I can? Uh, uh, I can make I, a car in like, any color you want as long as it's black. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought like in, in one of the interviews he said that he is ready to account for every. And be responsible for every dollar, and said how he earned every single dollar that he made, except for his first million. <laughs> except for the first million, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you get a big enough, yeah, you know, Death Star bill, you don't, you just don't want to explain how that happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, the Death Star—it's got lots of job, many jobs opportunities there. It's like you might be unethical, but at least like your jobs there. Like I think it is a good political campaign. I don't US, think it's... the janitor knew he was fighting for evil. No, no, no. I don't think he so. was just, just like, like clean up on just minding his business or six. Yeah. Up and then everything blows up. Nobody tells his story. I think there's some great little um, like homemade shorts from the Death Star about, you know, oh, the yeah, henchman, the stormtrooper that's just like, bro, what the hell? I'm my just first like day walking, on the job, I just yeah, got transferred here. Walking home to my family, and this freaking guy comes out of nowhere with a lightsaber and chops my arm off. <laughs> What's up with this? I'm just, it's just, I'm just doing my job, man. <laughs> um, fantastic. Let's see. Uh, go to the show notes uh, to see more information, um, more information on Tim here and we'll put that uh i'm, I'm gonna get this from you this xyz company story from you tim yeah. we'll put that on the show notes as well uh obviously i'll share it on social media and stuff we'll, we'll push that around so people can we make sure people get the the right idea from the concept here sometimes things aren't fully conveyed in audio the way they can be with a with a, a little bit of visual or text 
Um, but check out the uh, the show notes for that information. And uh, anything else you want to leave people here with them? Anything we've left off? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Nailed it. All right. Uh, so if you have remote workers, um, you're looking to go remote, check out uh, Tim's company, Juggle, J-U-G-G-L.co. And uh, we'll have that uh, domain in the show notes as well, of course. You can find Tim on uh, on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, ifyoumarket.com is the show notes for all the links and information on Tim. And please share us on social media. Give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And on behalf of the If You Market team and Tim Partasevich of Juggle, yep. thank you for listening to the If You Market yep. podcast. Subscribe, like, do everything. Do it all, yes. Uh, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with great branding and a great brand story, they will come. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.